Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. And I just want to, you know, welcome you guys to episode 15. It's a little bit long overdue. Um, There were two, actually, two people that were going to be episode 15, but things kind of fell through. I had some technical difficulties um, the week prior, and then, you know, now we're here. So episode 15 with the amazing guest, Hayden Caldwell. Um, If you're on YouTube, you can kind of see. His, uh, his face cam isn't here, but that's okay. You can see his name and everything. You know who's here. But if you're um, listening on Spotify or Apple, Apple Podcasts, we'll get into our guest very shortly here. But first, I want to throw out some thanks to the people listening. Um, it's always awesome getting some feedback. Um, really, you know, seeing how many people listen to this, even on YouTube and Spotify, it's awesome. It's really awesome. I never thought that we'd be getting as many listeners as... as uh, as we are, which is crazy. Um, and, and in all honesty, starting out, I didn't care if there was five people listening or 500 people listening, as long as, um, the people listening got some value from the podcast. That's the main focus. Um, but today we do have Hayden on Hayden Caldwell. Hayden, how are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Had a really, a really lackadaisical work day today, but like I got a lot of personal stuff done. I'm like, I just got back like into looking into like donate my plasma and stuff. Do you guys have like BioLife services where you're from? Uh, I haven't heard of that specific company, but there are a bunch of companies that do uh, blood donating and I get hit up by them a lot because I have um, the universal blood type. So oh. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're coming at you like mosquitoes. Oh, vampires, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I got a lot of personal stuff done today, which was, which was crazy. Paid some bills set up some uh always fun so yeah honestly (laughs) set up some logistics for like personal yeah it was it was an amazing day um what did you get done today you said you had Uh, a busy monday yeah i did some pioneers work i also have a i had a meeting and i have another meeting tomorrow so most of mondays are really busy at pioneers because over the weekend things develop from like our uh our esports tournaments and we just kind of get ready for the next week ahead so Mm -hmm. monday is always crunch time Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it usually is. Um, I work with Philly Esports. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they just had a huge Valorant tournament um, this past weekend. Like, I think the 4th or the 5th through the 7th. And both like both the streaming days, I think Saturday, Sunday, they, the, the stream was live for like 10, 11 hours. So, like, the people working wow. that, <laughs> the people working that tournament, and I, I give it out to the casters. The casters had a long fucking, long fucking weekend, but absolutely um but yeah today people kind of you know they gave they gave the people that were working the tournament the day off so a lot of my work goes through the people that were working the tournament so <laughs> i kind of had a a really uh really lackluster monday but that's okay you, you got to have those mondays every once in a while um yeah you get to work on you <laughs> exactly 100 percent. that's the best part um but anyways let's get into you you're the guest obviously so Get into you know who you are. Um, if you want to say where you're from, what you do, go as shallow or as deep as you want. I kind of leave this <laughs> this intro section kind of as open as you want to have it. So go for it, my man. All right. Well, uh, I'm Hayden Colwell. I'm from Merriam, Kansas, sort of a really small town area. Um, I do graphic design currently, but mostly project management and creative direction for the pioneers. Uh, but in school, I studied game development, specifically game design and animation slash art design for games. So that's kind of what takes up my daily life is just pioneers work and then uh, studying more about game development, hoping to get into that a little bit sooner. But uh, we'll see. 
we'll see. Yeah, I was looking at your portfolio a little bit. Um, I've been following you on Twitter for a while, but I haven't had a chance to look at your portfolio. Um, and I saw like game design and 3D design in there, and that was very. That's something that was like I didn't really expect to to see. Granted, it is in your bio, but um, <laughs> I didn't. It's really where I started. Expect, really. It the stuff on there insane i mean the 3d you just have that shader in blender but your game design that's crazy it's insane mm-hmm. um but yeah it was something i was not expecting um so i guess how did you get since you started in in like the 3d and like a game design type of area how did you get into kind of segueing into i guess graphic design and then into esports as a career well, I kind of got into design and 3D in the same portion. I always had just a love for games because it was kind of an escape from real life. And I was also just really into art, digital art in general. I've done like every practice on this earth <laughs> to digital art. Uh, kind of found what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, I did actually start in like editing in graphic design way back in the day, like 10 years ago in the Call of Duty community online. Um, and then I kind of, I, I was a 3D artist at first for graphic design and then I moved more towards graphic design. Um, but when it came time for college, I just, I was kind of burnt out on graphic design and I felt like I couldn't really, I couldn't really learn more from a college than I had learned in like my, my uh, five years at that time of just freelancing in the community. So I really was passionate about games at that time. And I kind of just went into game design from there. And they just kind of molded together coming into Pioneers because I originally was picked up as a 3D artist for Pioneers doing um, advertisement work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of went up into project management because I had the skill and the knowledge of like multiple digital art uh, professions. So it was kind of like a nice move for them to put me in project management specifically to understand like how the interns know what they're doing versus how I know what they should be doing, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was like a, it was a cool move for that. Um, it definitely wasn't where I planned to go, but <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so all of a sudden in a manager position, that's cool. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm really into game design still truly love that. So it's really what pushed me to be more of an artist just in general and learn as much as I can in the community and uh, run with it and see where I can go. Mm-hmm. So the example that you have, or at least one example that you have on your um, portfolio, I guess, of developing um, a game is more on the first-person shooter side of things. Um, or was that something you you went into? I guess I didn't really. I guess I didn't really read. Let's see. 3D models, textures, and UI were all created by myself. Okay. So yeah, are you like? Do you play Call of Duty? Yes, that's where I started. I'm re- I really like first-person shooters. Um, they've always been really easy for me, so I guess that's kind of why I liked them. Slight I've been getting more into yeah, yeah, Slight Flex. <laughs> I've been getting more into like the more difficult games, like League of Legends. Like you know, people are like, oh, Call of Duty doesn't take any skills, so now I gotta now I gotta upgrade my games, <laughs> figure out getting to getting to tougher games here. But um, FPSs are like one of the easier games to design, to be honest with you. Uh, game development is really forward thinking in its tool creation. So there's just a lot of tools and assets that are just ready to use for FPS games. And that's one of the things we focus on when we do uh, the educating for game design is just, hey, this is super easy. Here's a uh, drag and drop assets for FPS. And then you can just uh, edit the edit the little details yourself and kind of figure out the engine, figure out the UI and all that stuff. So. 
So do you ever find yourself while you're playing Call of Duty like critiquing the le- like the Absolutely. <laughs> the maps? 100%. <laughs> All of the games that I play, man. A game design has ruined my perception of games. It's oh, the first thing I notice is horrible UX design. Like on games where the UX is too small, like the UI is too small, you can't click on things that you need to click on, you can't see on things. Like it's it's almost ruined games, but it has made it better for really good games that come out. You're like, man, this is a really good game. Like this is I have no complaints about this game, and that's <laughs> that's what a it's it's ruined it, but it's also made it better. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like there's there's a sense of like. Yes, you can critique some things, but when you see a good map, there's like a, a really yeah. strong sense of appreciation and like, damn, I know how much <laughs> went into this. Like, I, I know how yeah. much, how many hours these guys probably put into to make make this Absolutely. this map or whatever you're you're kind of seeing. But yeah, game design is is a is kind of like a a place that really interested me when I like started looking into like college and stuff because mm-hmm. I was kind of along the along the same lines as you, like. I've been. I was designing before I went went to college, and I did end up going to going to college for graphic design. And um, nice. but I I looked into that like a side of that, but the school that I went to didn't really have the best program for that. It was mainly that's, yeah, that's the main issue. Yeah, like it was mainly like more club centric rather than course centric. Like it was mm-hmm. more of like an extracurricular thing, and you had like buddies and there was yeah, yeah, and there was like a um, there was like one professor that. Um, didn't even work in like the um the art center that like I had my classes. So he, he was like a, a science teacher or whatever. Or a science <laughs> professor and he had a background in game design, so he would like go in there for it, but like it wasn't even like a um like a part of course like a, it wasn't even a course or wasn't yeah, it wasn't even like a curriculum at the at the at the university. So um that kinda set the uh set the notion straight there but it's always it's always something that interested me um there's a guy on youtube that i used to watch he used to be like an og designer in the gaming space flow graphics i don't know if you know who he is i've known a couple flows in my time so i'm not sure i remember him specifically (laughs) there probably has has a bunch has been a bunch of them but he, he transitioned into like social media design and stuff and then into like game design designing in his own game actually and stuff so he has like a series on youtube um i'll actually find that and link it to you after we're done um because awesome. it's actually really interesting he created like an open world game um i don't know how difficult that is but probably it's, insane but it's not the the design behind it that's as difficult i mean there can be really difficult programming depending on what types of things you want to happen mm-hmm. but it's it's more difficult in the storytelling sense and the content sense nowadays when you have mmos and stuff like that come out there's just a lack of content behind everything mm-hmm. it's you can't release a game that's open world and then have nothing in the world you know that's just true. doesn't make sense that's true <laughs> that's true um but yeah it's 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 a cool it's a cool little thing. I'll I'll definitely make sure to link that to you after we're done here. Um, but let's get more into your current career path. Um, and more more broadly, the whole esports kind of scene of everything. Um, I kind of want to get your opinions on the esports design community. Um, in my personal experience, it's gotten a lot better to where it has been in the past. Um, in the past, it was like super. Absolutely super cutthroat like people were really toxic and like you know like those t- like the type of people that ruin it for everyone you know everyone knows those type mm-hmm. of people um but now i feel like it's more getting to be more constructive um and you have like well-known um i don't want to put these people on a pedestal but they really are 
um, like George Nowak. Um, he he comes to mind every single time. Sesso, like those people, they put out more constructive content and absolutely and are able to you know use their skills and use their knowledge to to aid in the growth of the design community. Um, that's what I think where it currently is. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I have to agree. I mean, we've come a long way since the the Call of Duty age where I think it kind of started and then we like hit the Fortnite age and now we're out of the Fortnite age. But I, I think there's a lot of talent uh, currently in the design in the design community, um, more so than I would say originally existed back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think that the development of social media and like education through YouTube and stuff like that has really played a part in that and helping um, the younger folks kind of figure out what they want to do, how to do it, especially with those um, designers becoming content creators now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always like had that potential. I've always seen it, but there's never really been as big of a present as like Sesso and Nowak. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really great that that exists because there is a need to kind of guide people within the industry of esports not so much just like within teaching them how to do graphic design but it's very specific to our industry and learning how that works Mm -hmm. so i think it's come a long way and i mean i think it's gonna go even further than where it is now i think it's gonna get better to be honest Mm -hmm. because i'm i like to consider myself pretty lucky to be to have experience designing in two different industries. Um, I've started in esports and gaming and now, um, as a career path, I see it more. Um, hmm, how do I, how do I put this as a career path? I see going into sports and like working yeah. in that realm a little bit more, um, advantageous and more, I guess, beneficial for a career. Um, yes. Yeah. Granted, more stable. I, yeah, exactly. I like I, I started out in esports and I saw people like granted you have those people that work for the work for an organization for like five years, but then you also, you know, you have amateur organizations that you work for that you know one can't afford a full timer, so they're basically on freelance, and that's that's the majority of the the opportunities that you see, um, for like those starting designers. But moving into like the sports industry, I'm kind of went on a a rant there or like a little segue there that I didn't mean to, but moving into the sports industry, like the community side of things is almost at the point where like esports was in the beginning, like super toxic. No one really wants to, unless you have those select few people that you go to for critique and feedback. Um, and like you're in a group chat, like if you're not in a group chat and you're like not with the in crowd, you know, you probably know that like you're not getting shit. Like people don't care about you. It's like, you know, even if you ask for feedback, like to a random designer, they'll be like, eh, yeah, whatever. It looks good. Like they won't really give you anything constructive Yeah, yeah. to whereas the esports community, it's like, you know, everyone realizes how competitive, which, which is crazy. Everyone realizes how competitive the esports industry is when it comes to being a designer. But like, I feel like everyone is a little bit more, I guess I'm saying everyone to broaden the scope, but like people are more open to giving that feedback to help helping the designer. I think, I think a part of it is like realizing how competitive the industry is and how, how still in an infant state the industry is. Yeah. It's like they're, it's like in this industry, we're no longer competing with each other, but competing with our own selves to kind of build ourselves up to get that position that we want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really healthy for our community. Um, and I don't, I don't see it in a lot of other communities either. So, I mean, real world design, quote unquote, if you went to apply like down the street at a job, 
Uh, it's completely different than esports, and I I actually like esports a lot more than real world design. To be honest, oh, um, yeah. real world design focuses on like education and experience, whereas esports design and just esports in general, you can be anything you want as long as you find the right connections and as long as you have the right portfolio, as long as you have the right interview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more, it's definitely more personal based in esports, and I think that's that's a good thing for us, honestly. Mm-hmm. I also think like the part of a graphic designer, like the main aspect of a graphic designer when you're hired by an organization is to actually, there's two things, a solve a problem and B in end all be all sell. I had a great conversation with Pavan, um, Pavan Paketti, I think his last name is, um, on a, I think episode 14 actually, but like you working in esports, you get a chance to even like starting like working in social media and like creating assets for social media. That's like, more like whether the designer realizes it or not it's it's formed towards the audience towards the direct audience that the mm-hmm. organization is about so like a lot of a lot of the designers coming up in esports they're realizing these i guess industry like the design industry type of aspects like marketing um you know like main marketing aspects like design to sell knowing who your audience yep. is um, knowing where the audience is going to look, you know, how to curate it, like how to curate the organization of the design. Like, I feel like that's a huge, huge, huge focus in esports because one, like all these, like it's an insane social media presence. Like every esports organization has and is pretty much dedicated on an insane social media presence. That's where, that's where a lot of their audience is. Like, yes, you, you, 100%. I feel I feel like like the, the online sense of esports is so huge. So like now, with actually the whole world, pretty much the whole like social media world segueing into social media being so so dominant as a communication platform, like being able to learn and get thrown into that whole design mindset of how to design for people that are following your brand is crazy. It's so beneficial as a designer. Mm-hmm. It can it can work in many industries too. I mean, we mm-hmm. went from a really art based industry from like, ooh, this looks pretty, that has cool colors on it, to like understanding the marketing and advertisement, like you said, behind it, like readability of the design, telling them what it is. Like you can have a G Fuel tub on a picture, and then like, okay, what are these? Do these big companies know what G Fuel is? Like, <laughs> you kind of gotta kind of gotta give them a little bit of leeway there. Like, okay, it's a it's an energy supplement. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely have merged more from like the the artistic side of it to the professionalism side where you're starting to take into account not just the design principles but also the informational part of the graphic and that's super beneficial for even outside of esports as well i mean if you wanted to ever leave esports and uh possibly find a more stable area of expertise i mean you're gonna have to have that type of design on your portfolio for them to understand that you understand how to sell a product Mm -hmm. with your design so definitely definitely would focus on that and that's the kind of critique that i try to give as much as i can as you know not just does it look pretty but does it do its job the graphic mm-hmm. needs to do its job at the end of the day 100 percent. i think the professionalism and everything is is moving in tandem with the growth of the esports industry which is crazy which is amazing honestly mm-hmm. like getting in esports like five six years ago um as i did how long ago were you how like how long have you been in esports 
Esports particularly, I mean, like five years, I would say. Um, yeah. I've kind of lost track of time after just being in gaming industry. I mean, I watched Call of Duty go from game battles to CWL to CDL to all this stuff. So mm -hmm. <laughs> can't can't truly remember where it started, but I have been a part of larger orgs like uh, Team Caliber back in the day before they disbanded. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, like seeing the evolution of the industry itself, like says a lot on how the design in the industry has evolved as well, which I I mean, that's with any industry, but like seeing the designers and the quality of design and like the perfect, like you're saying the professionalism even step up towards and like step up towards and also be as good as industry standard design. Like, I think that says something for the esports community in itself. Yeah. Creative has took such a leap in this industry. I would like to, I mean, orgs have been taking a leap in understanding how crucial a creative team is to sell your brand. I mean, it was one of the first things we set up at Pioneers when I started a year ago and we were we had like 800 followers and we had really good leadership that was part of a marketing and advertisement company and still is. And that's what I attribute to most of our success to. Um, just understanding how to market a brand, A, but they also understand that the creative side behind it is truly what projects your brand. I mean, mm -hmm. it's we went from back in the day where nobody would even think about paying a graphic designer to now it's just kind of a, a thing that you have to do, you know, thing that you should be doing. We <laughs> we like to harp on brands that pay like $100 a month to designers, but they're making like three designs a day. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's absolutely correct to do so. It's just, it's it's so crucial to pay designers and to continue to teach brands even that like, Hey, this might be a different like offbeat industry, but it doesn't mean that graphic design and creative in general isn't necessary and isn't necessary to pay. So mm -hmm. I honestly think I, I like how you mentioned that. Like that was one of the first things that pioneers like went into like a creative department is so essential and having people that understand, you know, the creative aspects and how to visually represent the brand as efficient as possible. It is so, 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 so important. I laugh at like amateur organizations that are like, Oh, we're going to make it all the way. Like we're, we're going to do so well, but they aren't open to investing. They only focus on teams. <laughs> exactly. They're not open to investing in the brand development and visual identity of they got the Microsoft Paint logo. Exactly. Like it's it's and like the the shitty thing as well is like some of those te some of those organizations have amazing teams, amazing mm -hmm. teams, like absolutely teams that perform. You you wouldn't even expect it, but the brand behind those teams is so lackluster that there's no. Um, yeah. What what am I saying? Like there's no consistency. Value. Yeah. Then like... there's no value, and there's no like there's no. There's not enough – there's – how do I say it? Like the players only bring so much. There's not enough yeah. – there's not enough maybe like – The investors look for just value in a brand overall mm -hmm. because investors aren't in esports. They have to understand that. That mm -hmm. Investors don't look at your kick-ass Valorant team like, oh, yeah, let me invest in that. They're looking at the value of your brand and, okay, will this brand continue to make kick-ass decisions on their team? Will they continue to grow their brand? Will they help me grow my brand? Will they project themselves past this current esports team? That's what they're looking for. They're not just looking for great teams anymore because it's an entertainment industry. It's not just a sports industry the way that NFL is. Mm -hmm. I love how you put that. It's an entertainment industry. That's why like 
like that's why you f- see so many teams getting big time content creators and like you know those type Absolutely. of things rather than just having those insane professional teams like it, at the end of the day it's entertainment it's who can bring the most the most valued entertainment in the scene and i mean everyone can think of those teams that you know are doing it really well like 100 thieves phase you know the top yeah. teams like they're the top teams for a reason <laughs> you know and i mean the the even even more interesting thing to me is that game developers are also starting to realize the value of esports, and that's really awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, <laughs> Call of Duty did not care about who was playing their game for money. I mean, but then they realized that they could put on an NFL-level production, mm-hmm. and people will watch, and it'll generate money. And, like, League of Legends is one of the biggest games ever, ever in the world. And they decided, hey, we're going to have, like, multi-million dollar industry of esports, and mm-hmm. it's going great for them. So overall, I think uh, the old world is starting to understand the new world of esports and the entertainment industry as it grows with uh, with online issues. So I think that's great. Can't wait for can't wait for more. Oh, 100 percent. The the future of the esports industry is it's granted it's so unpredictable, but it's so exhilarating. Like, I'm just so excited to see where everything ends up. Um, But moving more into one of the. One of the, I guess, latter things I want to talk about um, in the podcast, um, not so much centric, or not not so much esports centric, but more personally centric um, as a graphic designer, um, centered around developing a well-rounded kind of set of design skills, um, not specifically in social, like social yes. media designs like you see in esports, um, but, you know, jumping into those different mediums like print, 3D, motion. Um, and you can name a bunch of them. Um, but you know, being able to design like that, how, how important do you think that is? And how does it apply to your day to day as a creative director? I mean, if you're going into project management, it's absolutely, absolutely a key factor to understand what is going on in all of your pipelines. Because as the creative director, I am the voice and the link between the creative team and all of our projects to the rest of the team. When uh, a leader doesn't understand what this design versus that design is, it's my job to understand that. Um, so any any sort of director position or lead position inside of the creative, you're absolutely going to need to know multiple mediums. Um, as a graphic designer yourself, it's always good to learn. And it's always good to understand the relationship between those mediums. However, just understand that specific job posts have their own description. You know, uh, we recently hired a thumbnail designer intern, and all I care about is them knowing thumbnail designs. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for, I specifically have them doing that because it's going to be such a big process for us to set up our YouTube as pioneers. So I'm not looking for them to understand, you know, stream graphics. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have them do that in our team. Um, so I would just really pay attention to what you want to do in the industry and understand that, Yes, versatility is great, and it's always going to be a plus, but just understand that depending on the position you want is what you should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much you can do inside of 3D, inside of video editing, graphic design, that it's really difficult to choose a discipline. But at the end of the day, there will be job positions that are specifically one discipline, and that's really what they're going to look for. They have, like, pluses all the time, like, oh, it's great if you also know this and also know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a portfolio that's just, you know, sporadic and all over the place, it's it's not going to get you the interview. Mm-hmm. So understand that your your profession needs to have a direction, but you can also learn um, other things around it. So. Mm-hmm. 
the way the way I think of this, it it all depends on where you want to end up as a career, mm-hmm. and what you're applying for. Like with it, like if you see consistencies in those job descriptions that you're looking at and that you're that you're wanting to apply for, shape your portfolio around that. Um, so crucial and your resume and mm-hmm. your cover letter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you're hearing it from a creative director who's, I mean, I, you are, you're, you're I in the process hiring, of, yeah, exactly. You're in the process <laughs> of hiring. So who, who, who else, who else to be more, more, uh, more credible than you um, when it comes to this, this type of subject, but like, yes, I, I like how you put it. Yes. You want to be a little bit versed in, in multiple things, but I think curation is a lot of is a lot of the um, the process when it comes to you know truly identifying yourself as you know I do marketing and social media design but I also you know attribute or add motion to that um, and like find find a way I just bought my mic I'm sorry if that <laughs> <laughs> find a way to like connect all those like a great connection that you're seeing now is 3D social in motion you're seeing those connections. Yep all over the place um i guess i i I know i said i wasn't gonna get this like more connected with esports but it's where that's what we're talking about (laughs) you you see you see those three types of different types of design mold into into one and like you see those designers killing it those designers that are really good at those three things and like specialize in those three things are killing it um i'm not saying that's the only thing you should go into but those are the examples you like as as designers you look at those people and realizing, you know, okay, they're curating their skills and marketing their skills and um, I guess fine tuning their skills that they know they're good at and, you know, attributing that to what jobs and what places they apply for or go into or freelance clients that they get, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's all a big, it's all a big combination of, of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big skill that's, that's coming up um, within the esports industry is print. Um, yes, and, and like absolutely designing for print or even, even like not necessarily designing for print, but also making it able to be viewed digitally. Like everyone can design a PDF, but like designing a PDF or like a presentation, like a, a deck or like a book or something mm-hmm. for print. And it's sole purpose is for print. I feel like is going to be, at least in my experience is different than how you would design it for both mediums. What do you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there's so many little tedious uh, different types of things you have to do for a print design. I mean, like the depth of your Photoshop project, the size of it, all of that matters incredibly. And I mean, printing like a rasterized image versus a vector image is always going to be different. So yeah. it's absolutely becoming a thing. And I mean, I've even created like the, the Pioneer's flag and like the event banner that we have when we go to local events and just kind of like stand it up. It's a little vertical, like pull down thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't ever seen it before. So that was interesting, <laughs> but uh, like it's, it's a marketing tool. It truly is. And that's what esports brands are becoming. I mean, you see like all these sports brands that have a ton of merch, a ton of printed merch and esports is like, like yeah we should do that we should market us everywhere that we can mm-hmm. billboards stuff like that um you just have to understand that it's not so much of an art piece as that is a design and that means that designs have guidelines that you have to follow so that's what the industry i think is gonna have to work on next is kind of understanding like um the difference between making a concept and making a design um i see a lot of like for instance rocket league skins everywhere 
And then I look at him and from designing a Rocket League skin for Rocket League, I'm like, that wouldn't work. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's not, it's sad because they're all so pretty, but then like I've received like the documents from Rocket League on how to create them on it, what their guidelines are, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, mm-hmm. just to understand that you can be as, as awesome as you want, you can be as creative as you want, but at the end of the day, it's the guidelines that you have to follow. So, mm-hmm. and that goes, that goes for print, especially, especially for print. For sure. So something we do towards the end of the podcast, um, no pun intended, but I do ask the people <laughs> that I have on what their creative process is. Um, you can, I usually leave it open, but since you're a creative director, um, I want to go from set from that side of things. So from start to finish for a project, how do you kind of work with your team and everything um, and make and go from A to Z um, within that project? Well, it's it's very different than being like the actual artist um, because as a creative director, you kind of are the, the organizer, the planner, the, the helper, the distributor, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it really starts from leadership coming to me with some sort of idea that they want. Say it's uh, recently we did an event, I think with a third party, we hosted an esports event. So somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, we want to have this esport event. Uh, here's here's some of the minor details. Here's what we want from you and from Create. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go and I write a bunch of documents. I'm like, all right, we're going to need this asset, this asset, this asset. And then I'm like, okay, who in my creative team is best for this asset, this asset, and this asset? Mm-hmm. And from there, I just have to manage timelines, manage um, the art direction of the pieces because we don't we don't have any other art directors in the team besides me technically so it's um going about getting all the guidelines from leadership putting them into to paper because that's part of my job i mean (laughs) part of my job is a desk job for sure i write a bunch of documents and then i send those out to the designers and the designers get to work and i check in pretty much daily on them Mm -hmm. a couple days um then we have the revision process obviously uh, especially revision process with sponsors. If the sponsors are involved at all, it means that they have to approve of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of slides from me onto production. Usually if there's like a stream or uh, something like that's going to happen, then I just deliver them on to whoever it goes to, you know? So mm-hmm. the designers are part of the process that I give them and I'm sort of part of the entire process. And then leadership is like the idea, the brain behind it all. Um, so it's a, it's a very long, tedious process, but because we have such good communication and pioneers, it's become a lot easier over the past year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really understand about creative direction is how much of a management job it actually is. <laughs> and most, most creative directors don't even have a type of art degree. It's quite literally a marketing and advertisement degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, half of my day, really. My creative process is the marketing and advertisement side. And uh, the the bonus of understanding the artistic and the industry side makes me like a double-edged sword for being able to be the art director as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, When originally it would be somebody who's more artistic that would be an art director versus a creative director. Mm -hmm. So very long, very long process. Uh, A lot of communicating, a lot of talking, a lot of revisions from uh, my creative process side. But, you know, we get it it done and it gets out well. Mm -hmm. Definitely got a lot of moving parts within that whole process probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many phone calls, meetings, uh, <laughs> sending files back and forth, all of that all day. The best Kinda like I'm on call. Yeah. The best, the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, I mean, we've talked about, obviously we talked about some personal experience, but the main, the main side of things that we talked about was, you know, things design 
design related um organizational things related to the esports industry which is awesome haven't really had the opportunity to talk super in depth on these on the esports industry especially from um with a person that has i guess a management position especially on the creative side within a you know a good sized organization and a reputable organization so this this podcast has just been filled with with awesome awesome material um for designers that either you know want to get into esports or are already in esports and are looking to maybe jump into that management position um be a creative director or you know get into a team and work with the creative director um so i do appreciate all the information you provided this has been an awesome awesome episode hayden um i am very grateful that you took the time out of your day to um be on the podcast again episode 15 was a little bit delayed but i think it's been it's been an awesome one. It's been super awesome. Thank you for inviting me, man. It was yeah, a great time. No problem. No problem. But anyways, guys, this has been episode 15 of the Creative Process Podcast. If you guys want to connect with your boy Hayden, all his links will be down below. Um, I will definitely have his Twitter, that's for sure, um, and also his portfolio. So if you want to take a look at some of his work, you guys can do that. Um, but anyways, guys, episode 15, this has been amazing. Um, Hayden, just a little bit, another thank you for you for being on today. Um, I I can't, I can't give enough thanks to the people that are on. Um, sometimes it's, it's like a half an hour, but sometimes it can, you know, you don't really know jumping into this, how long it can go. But, um, again, thank you. I really appreciate it. But anyways, guys, I will see you guys in episode 15. Have a great or episode 16. Sorry. Episode 16. Have a great rest of your week and make sure you tell someone that you love them. All right. Peace guys. Have a good one.